I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, it's Malls. Reminder before the show to make sure that you are subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you're new, welcome to Please Advise Nation. Our show only works with your participation, so call 323-450-7408 with your dilemmas and life questions. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thank you and enjoy. Please advise episode 192. That's so close to 200. We're really getting there, you guys. Yeah. Um, it's me, Malls. Christina Lopez is here. And we Hello. also have return guest, Finnish dishwasher advocate, good friend of Mother May I Sleep With podcast, aging chihuahua owner, sweet human, Ted Travelstead. Hi. Hi. I have something exciting to show you. Will you hold on? Oh, yeah. Ted, I actually think your voice is perfect for like ASMR. Oh. Oh. <laughs> like you could um, really be like a male star of ASMR. Wow, uh, I would I would do that. Look I, at this. I, I'm not. Uh, what is this? We got to oh, this. Speaking of ASMR, <laughs> we got to get you a big fuzzy mic. But we just do an episode that's just ASMR and answer. Finish, finish. Power balls now come. I guess so. What? It's portion control, so you won't eat them as fast. But these finished power things now come in individual Individually packaging. wrapped? I want to know why, but I love it. 
Yeah. It has to be for portion control. I feel like this is more likely. I this would get this handed would... out to children at Halloween. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? It, it does look like a York peppermint. It absolutely was, looks like, like a candy. When you first said finish, I forgot for a second and was like. No. Okay, it was so a candy bar. We do but free no, advice. No, yeah. No, I remember now. It's yeah. Because I was telling Julie, my wife, this morning about uh, the, the, the um, dishwasher uh it's the, the best advice thing. we've ever had on this podcast, which is like, if you've got that dishwasher leftover debris, you got to throw a finish in there. It's the only thing that really gets it done. I've completely changed dishwashing brands. No guest has had this effect on me ever in the history of please advise. So we did ask you to bring back another piece of free advice. Did you have, did you bring one today? I have, I have a couple things. A, lo- a couple tidbits off the top. Yeah. Okay. T- Ted's uh, tidbits. Let's tidbits. get the tidbits, tidbits out there, honey. <laughs> <laughs> this is this isn't going to appeal to everyone uh but if you are a costco member okay and you're not a vegetarian okay don't uh don't just keep be aware of the rotisserie chickens at costco Un- unbelievable rotisserie chicken 4.99 mm-hmm. huge very flavorful is costco tax-free oh that's a Good question, and I would have to check a receipt. Because I think it I might be, because I know that, like, when I first I've moved here... I've been in here, a Costco, like, two times in my entire life. So. I mean, yeah. food is tax-free everywhere. Right, well, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, No, like, the liquor is cheaper, and the cigarettes, too, because I remember when I first moved here, my friend from college followed me out here, and um, he was like, Malls, cigarettes are $20 a carton at Costco. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we could start a business. Like, because they were like maybe <laughs> six months ago. This is what I was talking about in the other episode. Is like, you're, you're just always finding the fucking angle. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I'm sitting there being like, I would absolutely buy a $5 pack of cigarettes. That's $10. Okay. That is $2 a pack. Are you kidding me? I can't even really do basic math. That is a good deal. So, no, maybe it's $4 a pack. I don't know. No, it's $2. Still, what is it in New York now? It's like. What eleven or something? Yeah, and no. here I mean, it's I don't twelve. Even, yeah. Is it higher? Yeah. I, I yeah. I just I remember when it was like going to be like eight, and I was like, like New York is like yeah, it's close to twenty. Like especially if you try to be convenient Amazing. about it, it's so expensive. I remember like going back to my college like for a reunion next week, and I remember when we were like. I guess juniors and one of the seniors from when I was a freshman came back. He was like grizzled and he'd been in New York for like four years and he's like bumming cigs from all the freshmen. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, Molly, do you know what cigarettes cost in New York? And I was like, what? He's like $10 million. (laughs) And that was back when they were like nine bucks. So it's like a huge, it's a, it's a fucked up life expense if you choose to take that on. The only reason I know is because, so my dad is a former bodega owner. And so like anytime any sort of uh, thing jumps up in price, whether it's like dairy or cigarettes, like he like informs me about it. He's like, yeah. I went to the store the other day. It's fifteen ninety eight now. Do you believe this? That's did, really did he funny. ever sell singles? Found <laughs> the, the milk four ninety eight. How do people afford this? <laughs> He's just like that's most of my conversation with my dad. Is that's just really funny? Like, I never me thought up to of date that. On the prices. That that's great. Did he ever sell singles like uh, single uh, cigarettes? Sees? No. 
My dad always was above board on his bodega operation. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's wild to think about a young Christina running around in a in a bodega. I know. Like, I would like make sandwiches. Do you get all the free sodas you wanted? Uh, so I didn't steal sodas, but like I made my own slushy combination okay. flavors, and that was nice. always fun. Yeah, um, was it the one with the dog on it? Was, yes, yeah, slush puppy. Are, oh yeah, yes. slush puppies are the best. Yeah, so I would make. Yeah, my tongue was always like a different shade during the summer because I was always just like drinking slush puppies. Did you have a favorite like, flavor? I liked mixing all of them for some reason. Well, that suicide. Just good. The suicide's yeah. always good. The blue was my jam. Oh wow, the blue's yeah. just so sour. It's so good. Yeah. What was your jam? <sighs> Ooh, yeah, man, it's bad. I green. I like um was there like a lime? Yeah. Uh, or that a might cherry. have been a green. Yeah. Um but then I also like the slurpy, like slurpy flavor. I like cola slurpy. Yeah, that's that so was, good. Yeah, I didn't have a slurpy until I was a grown adult because I don't know why. Yeah. Hey, listen. He sold it when I was like slush puppy. 14, 13. And then there's a Kmart one with the bear. What's that? The polar bear? I've never actually been oh. to a Kmart. Okay. We don't. I know what you're I just, talking about. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're elsewhere, but yeah. I just remember at uh, it's seeing, like freezy or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see the one that see. they have I at see. the yeah. movie theater. Yeah. Yeah, I like to go when they're when they just shut down the snack section and the ices are still cold, and on the way out, I'll pour myself half of a of a like kind of warmish icy. <laughs> I like that. It's a little stealing for me. Nice. What other tips do you have? Ted bits. Um, well, first, where was the bodega? Can I? Add? Yeah, uh, it, I mean, it's still a bodega. We don't own it anymore. But it's uh, if you're in Brooklyn, it's on the corner of Fifth Avenue and Twenty Second Twenty Second Street. No, is that Sunset Park? No. Yeah, it's just like between Sunset Park and um, South uh, Park Slope. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I grew up in Sunset Park. Nah. Very, very good, uh, New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, twenty years there. So oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, free advice. Well, you know, I have. Yeah, I just I would say invest in an electric toothbrush. Yeah, uh, early. Sonicare baby. I, I I came on mine way too late. Not I mean it's great. I'm not in any uh, mouth trouble, but like I was just I'm a very hard brusher, and so I have gum recession. And uh, yeah, I, just, I didn't know till it's too late. You can't just you can't just go at those things. Those gums, you gotta yeah. be careful with yeah. them. Yeah, and it, oh, I'd be like, like I just like you rip brush my... after every meal or just. Sometimes, but usually just like no, I don't. Just like when I when I have to, like in the morning. Like I didn't brush my teeth this morning. I feel weird about. But I brushed them brush really intensely work. last night. Yeah, I have a buddy whose dad was a dentist, and I think that influences his brushing at work after lunch. But I brush and floss at night, and then um, sometimes in the morning I brush. But I, uh, I, 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 I do very. I have a very good routine, but I just don't do it after every meal. Yeah. Um, I'm vigorous with the floss. I hit the floss like twice a day. That I do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I just, you just gotta floss. It's just get in the habit of it. I compulsively clean my ears. uh, Yeah. Dental hygienist is like, oh, you've been flossing. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah, like you don't want to get caught not flossing. Yeah. I'll tell you that. And I also feel like they can tell when you just floss like that day. I I also I don't kiss a lot of ass at the dentist. Like I don't like really like like I brush my teeth before I go in, but I don't try to make up for a year of not taking no, care of myself imp- in a day. People do that. 
Because you're, you're going to get bloody gums if you haven't flossed. Yeah, and that's the tell, honey. That's right off the bat. There. It doesn't take yeah. Benson and Stabler to figure that one out. No. So um, <laughs> any any more Ted bits? Uh, let's see. Hold on. I, I have a... Uh, I miss Stabler. I have... I do too. I did write some stuff down here. Um, I mean, we've already got two. I feel, I feel like we're really I like that being greedy. Oh, you know, just like... Um, Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. Oh, the best. Those oh, so good. Very good for sneakers. Uh, really? Yeah, if you want to clean your the sides of your soles up. Um, you know, if you're, I mean, I'm not precious about a lot of my sneakers. Like, but they, It does they, feel they, they nice, do though, when you can, like, buff them up. And, um, and then uh, also, if you're, if you're looking into the um, reusable water containers uh, yeah. and you're trying to decide between a Hydro Flask okay. and a Yeti, yeah, uh, they're, both, they're both good. Um, but here's the one big difference. The Hydro Flask lid covers the surface where you drink out of, mm-hmm. and the Yeti's doesn't. So okay. if you're kind of a germaphobic like me, probably going to lean toward the Hydro Flask because... Because when you unscrew it, then it it lets the then you, you know, oh, it covers right, that right, place right. where you put your mouth. Whereas Otherwise, the Yeti, you're just putting it on the it's side. Just free it's in the free world. Floating you the always have a water bottle with you. Yeah, I've noticed that. Is that like a thing that you do everywhere, or do you just do it when you know you're gonna be sitting for a while? I just do it here with you. <laughs> he bought the water bottle for his house. I feel it's like only, everyone I know I has a hydro flask. I keep it I'm in like... the bush outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Wait, can I see? Um, it is a, it's a Hydro Flask and... I feel like everyone has that brand and I'm trying to figure out, like, why... Well, it's pretty, pretty easy to find. Like, they have them at Whole Foods. I ordered mine on yeah. Amazon. I don't really like the little Coca Pelli dude that's kind of annoying. <laughs> but, yeah, that totally is a Coca Pelli. But, but, like, other than that, like, I tell you, like... I hand wash it and I only drink water out of it and yeah. it lasts forever. Like it's a decent, it's a cool thing. I just, yeah, otherwise I'm just like using, a, you know, like plastic bottles. I and feel stuff like and all the bitches out there are using swell and I feel like that's something that's been I feel like that was hoisted upon women. Ago. I feel like that's now the new thing. But worse, even women, that's the one that they like market towards women. Like, yeah. I still get ads for those all the time. Or they're popping up, like, Soul Cycle will have them in a oh, yellow. Mm. Like, Swell has some sort of deal with, like, all the people that target women. And I'm saying, like, let's... Like, Lululemon probably has a Swell shelf. 100%. And you know what? I'm here to say, women, we deserve as much water, if not more. We probably biologically need more than men. We also need another hour of sleep a night. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. So, like, the number eight hours a night is actually because women need nine and men need seven. And they average it out to eight. This so, is very interesting. My wife lady, needs 10. And she's, and I, it's like, no shame, dude. You got, you have to, if you need 10, you take, you get 10. You, you know? develop. So I will say, yes, that's probably true that women need more. I will also say that the whole frame of like, we need eight hours of sleep started because of the industrial revolution. Sure. And ah, so yes. because we would be working nine to five, once that was institutionalized across like workflow, then it's like, oh, you can only sleep this many hours to be productive and not kill yourself in a in an industrialized uh, And job. so they started to say the average American needs eight hours of sleep. It's like- Because sh- that's the minimum. Let, let's like sh- expect it. I forget what the actual like- I, I learned this a long time ago, but basically 
our natural rhythm of sleep is like you'll sleep for a couple hours and then like there's a break. You'll Arcadian wake up. Arcadian rhythm thing. You'll wake right? up. Yeah. And like some people had second dinners. Some people would like go out for the night and then come back and have their second like cycle of sleep. Yeah. And so like that actually lasted longer. <laughs> but once we started getting on the schedule, the work schedule of nine to five uh, back in like the 1800s or whatever, uh, that nature towards sleep completely changed and now it's like no you only get eight and it has to be between these hours because you work nine to five always well it also explains like siesta culture like in europe like whenever you go like it's totally normal i do love like a three to five nap i love that oh i'm big on that those are a good that's a good nap hour like good nap times i used to align it with oprah wags you and i are like coughing twins right now what are you doing buddy no, he's not throwing up. It's like, I know what he's you're... He's got like something in the back. Olive does that a lot. Is There's it something kind from like deep hacking. within? Is it something from deep within? <laughs> Want me to rub your tummy? Oh, that seems helpful. Um, but, yo, like, I, I went matched with a guy on Tinder once. <laughs> I was like, it's like, what are your hours? Like, when do you want to go? He's like, oh, I actually have, like, really, like, weird hours. I'm, like, trying to get in touch with, like, my Carcadian rhythm. And so, like, he's like, I'll sleep, like, three, four hours on and off, like, every four, seven hours. And I'm like, um, so, like, when do you want to hang out? Because, <laughs> like, and he's like, I don't know. Like, we'll just have to, like, seize. Like, I kind of, like, you I'll know. I'll probably just, be sleeping. But... I just, like, sleep as my body needs it. So I'm, like, awake <laughs> most of the time. But then, like, I'll sleep for, like, six hours. And then I'll wake up and then be awake for, like, a day. And I'm just, like, I get that. I get, like, why we fuck with science. I get trying to mix it up. Like, Jack yeah. Dorsey's intermittent fasting, which I did for, um, five years it's called really bad anorexia like that's exactly what that is Mm. eating one meal a day and then not Mm. eating all weekend that's um a problem um but yeah people trying to like get back to our old like roots whatever it is they think that is and it's it's a really a rich person's game yeah and it's also like detrimental to like they like teens teens need more sleep than anything but we keep them on this 7 a.m to like 3 p.m. like school schedule because it's more efficient for like uh, bus times for kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything's going against natural human, uh, you know, uh, human, human behavior, yeah. nature. And uh, it's all about, uh, you know, scheduling for bus. Everything's about scheduling oh, for buses. Oh, and it also <laughs> has to do with like the invention of the light bulb. Okay. So, like, once we could have artificial light, we didn't need to go by, like, what was happening outside. Yeah, so yeah. I can just be like, fuck you all. I didn't invent the light bulb. I don't go to school. I'm sleeping 14 hours a fucking day. Yes. Yeah. Like, because where are we supposed to meet in the middle on this? I don't know. Because I agree. We all got trained. I think this is bullshit. I think the calendar is bullshit. I think it's all really weird. I think it's really weird that we just adopted this system and, like, all this stuff is, like, layovers from when people didn't know how to act right. Yeah. Um, but, like, how can we undo that? We can never undo that. Yeah. Not, I no, mean. No, it's ingrained. Like, you don't even think about I, it. I, maybe it is. Maybe there is hope because, like, People are freelancing. More people are working from home. Yeah. You know, we are more global in our approach to business. We're more... So, like, there could be... You could have that person who, like is uh, representing uh, the office in China and they work hours according to, like, like the Hong Kong Bureau. And so, like, they're... 
that might match their sleep schedule better. Mm-hmm. They might mm-hmm. be night owls. So, like, I don't know. I think there's possible that we could in the future maybe have jobs that align with our sleep, uh, like how we want to operate. Like me sleep. and Mark Wahlberg sort of like run on our own schedule where we wake up really early, yes. get to bed early. Exactly. I and was yeah, up till more... 9.30 last night. I was like, honey, I got to go to bed. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah, the gig economy, the whole idea of the gig economy and mm-hmm. like people, I mean, I think it's going to lead to us working more than ever. <laughs> right. But yeah. it could be maybe the net positive would be that we would sleep on our own schedules. Okay, but like think about this. Okay, here's an idea of how – let's go down back to the basics, bitch, on how time okay. is really insignificant. Okay, so I you have young nieces. You know those, ba- those fucking blankets everyone puts their baby on and yeah. then they like circle the day and the month? Who says? Who says your baby's a week old? Who fucking says? It's not. Maybe that baby is actually two months old in its mind and you're calling it a week. I think everyone's on a different developmental schedule. I think those blankets are sick. My kid won't have – I'm not a big child. (laughs) But but I will tell you, if I had a kid, it wouldn't live. I would not teach that child days of the week, months. I don't think it's relevant. I don't. Like, you can learn when you're five, like when that shit affects you. But until then – don't worry about numbers. So your kid will never get Sunday anxiety. No, uh, no, not until that's Sunday. A gift. That's a gift. I, I well, when they're five and they have to go to school, my imaginary child will have to learn about numbers, and that's going to be a brutal awakening. But I think until sorry, then, Oscar. Yeah, Oscar, is that my child? <laughs> yeah, um, but it's a girl. Um, <laughs> that would be like my take on it. It's yeah. my girl named Oscar, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think numbers are like fucked up to put on to people. I do. A lot of like stress and emotional hardship is based on numbers. Like it all comes back to numbers, weight, finances, age. age, It all fucked. And you know what? Like, I'm not saying age ain't nothing but a number. Obviously, that's not fucking true. I do believe that there's like appropriateness and all of that stuff. But a lot of us get caught up in our head about stuff that like, who made that up? Who even made that up? Some caveman? Who invented numbers? Do we know? Jim numbers? Mayans? <laughs> Jim numbers. Yeah, Jim numbers. <laughs> numbers. I don't know a lot about them. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Mayans. Like, the Mayans they came up with zero. Us. No, I think they came up with the concept of zero. Right. I know that. I think. I don't know. I got, wow, I should, what a concept. Be, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be like... <laughs> It actually is. Like, if you think of nothing, I don't know. Right. Like, I know, but that's like, like an acid the idea, flashback. The idea like, to, like, represent nothing. Yeah. But what is nothing? What? It, yeah, exactly, Molly. Yeah, and that's some fucking sick Mayan's perception of what nothing is. Some sick Mayan. I'm like, I'm going to get canceled. Let's sick see. Mayan. Some sick Mayan did an acid flashback and ruined our society. The Wags. Oh, yeah, they actually did. With, they were involved in calendars, too. Yeah, and you know what, Wags? That's your ancestry. And this is my gift back to the Mayans as I've taken in one of your angry little war dogs that bites me every day. But thanks for the numbers, really. Thanks for that, Mayans. <laughs> All right. Let's no, truly respect to Mayans. I've seen your ruins. They're beautiful. Um, <laughs> let's take our calls. I have seen them. Hey Mall. This is uh at Motel Siren on everything. Um, a long time listener, first time caller. Um, this is gonna be a little bit of a long one. Um, but I'll try to try to keep it succinct. Um I am finishing up my MFA in poetry, and I'm also a freelancer, and I've written a little bit for, like, College Humor and Birth and Death, and I have a poetry book coming out this year, and 
I have no idea what I am doing with my life. I applied to 10 PhD in creative writing programs and did not get into a single one. And I feel like I am trapped in this small town with no friends. Um, I mean, I have a boyfriend, um, but, you know, he wants to move to D.C. And um, everything just feels really weird and bleak. And I've applied to over 200 jobs. You know, non I've, teached, I've taught for three years, and I'm applying to non-teaching gigs because I don't want to do that anymore. Um, and I'm, like, just nothing's really biting back. And, I mean, some things are, but, like, they just – they don't want to um, – pay me enough or I don't know it's it's really really hard and I just do you have any advice for a struggling writer in her 20s who needs a day job in order to eat um please advise love you all so much thank you I mean it sounds like you uh, um really don't have much to freak out about outside of like the job that you want isn't necessarily showing up like you have a lot of you have a poetry book coming out and you've been published places. That's and huge. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and I don't, I think you said in a little bit like me sometimes when I go into therapy and I'm like, I've like fucking not, I don't do anything. I'm a loser. And my therapist is like, what have you done though? And I'm like, oh, this, 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 and this, and this, this is like the stuff I've done in a week or whatever. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, that's a lot of stuff. She's like, you're not giving yourself credit for that. And I don't know if maybe like there's other ways that you are disorganized like mentally about your work or whatever, but maybe organizing that mentally and just in, in terms of like your success so far might help you figure out that like you do actually know what you're doing. Um, and writing can be pretty feast or famine um, in particular, you know? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, don't be uh, afraid or ashamed to do any kind of job yeah. in your 20s while you're trying to, you know, work as a writer. You know, we all want to work in our field, but uh, I mean, I came late to making a living as a writer, very late. Um, I didn't get my first TV writing job until I was 45 years old. And, uh, uh, you know, but but so I worked day jobs for years, uh, most of them terrible. Uh, I was working in the uh, the Barnes and Noble and the Grove in uh, West Hollywood at 38, you know, and uh, and just, yeah, it's humbling. But at the same time, you know, I was you just I was continuing to write, to submit, to do stuff with other people, uh, whatever it just, you know, it's I mean, this sounds stupid, but it's like, you know, it's like that bus trip across the country. and You just you get on it and like you just stay on it and eventually you'll get to that place, you know, right. but and you're also very young. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's I not did. like you're Jeffrey Owens. And it's like, people are like, Oh, it's so sad. He works at Trader Joe's, which is not sad. We all know this, but like you're 20 something, you live in DC. Like people aren't like, Oh, there's that promising writing girl working at Starbucks. How sad. Like, I don't think people are like that. <laughs> and I think that that's a little bit what you might be caught up in is like, Mm -hmm. You can't take a more menial job or whatever or something that's a little bit more. Uh, honey, if I were you, if I could have literally if I worked at Chili's and Redlands and I got to clock out <laughs> after my side work and drive home, I'd be so – do you hear me? I'm seriously – I daydream about this, like working at Hallmark and just being like, you know what? I'm going to help people pick out their cards and I'm going to go home and I'm not really going to think about Hallmark tonight. That sounds really nice and a really good it, opportunity. It, it, it's, it, it is a gift in some ways to not be accountable outside of 
your work when you you know like uh, working from home now i i feel very lucky to be able to do that but at the same time it's a struggle after so many years of working at regimented jobs uh because i can i feel like i have trouble turning off and not you know like i'm always working or yeah. i can't delineate you know or find times when yeah there's no off time but like to be able to like just go in do a thing clock out be done with it uh there's something to be said for that because then you can go and enter your creative space and do that on your off time or whatever um i do wonder if she's had that at all though like because i i can tell christina's rearing up i'll make a last point and then i'll let christina go i um i my mom always would say something to me, which is like when you're a student, there's no time off, which is true that yeah. you just feel guilt all the time. You also sound like you are pretty recently out of school. So like in a, in a way, like this lifestyle that Ted and I are sort of like saying is like when you work at home, like you don't really ever, you're never not working. It's always around you. Um, you might not have ever really had the feeling of just like what it's like to go in and pick up a paycheck um, and not think about it when you go home. I had an opportunity to do that like in college. Um, even when I was like editing and stuff out here, I'd go home and think about it. So that was different. But um yeah, maybe you just have, need to see what that's like to have a gig where you have free time at the end of the day because you've probably lived in that 24-hour like tornado of work for a while anyway. Yeah. What were you going to say, Christina? I was going to say there's a couple points I wanted to hit. Like I think it's harder uh, like nowadays in the age of social media when you're creative because you see and you're constantly bombarded by like writers or personality on Twitter, on Instagram, and you see, you constantly see their bylines in a way that you might not have been able to like be bombarded in a way and do that comparison if it was before the digital age where it's like, oh, I didn't see their magazine. I didn't see it come out, but like everyone's sharing their link on Twitter and it's like this person's really successful. You also don't know the other side of that person's life and like what's going on. I thought everyone who had like all these people that were my peers that were getting like bylines everywhere. I thought- well, not even 30. I like I would get 30 under 30, but then I would see people I know like being able to write so much more passionate stuff and like stuff that they really cared about. And I always wonder like where do they find the time to do that? I'm like fucking busting my ass off to be on like to to work hard enough to that not to be on a 30 under 30 list. Right. But like that's the result of my hard work while this person is able to do this whole thing. I didn't realize half those kids were fucking rich. Like that's the thing is a lot of people yeah. that have that time, they come from money and they can write this luxurious longer piece um, that they can take time to research and like savor every moment of it because they're from money. They don't have to fucking worry about getting something out every week or whatever. The other thing I will say is that like maybe they arrived at their journey and they know who they are now and they can have that strong voice and have that achievement. But who's to say what what's what that's going to look like in 10 years versus like when you hit your stride in 10 years and what your art's going to look like then maybe, you know, it's like a little bit of that. But the other thing I wanted to stress is that um, a lot of writers – a lot of writers that you might know and love also like don't uh the word having normal jobs for a very quote unquote normal jobs for a very long time and it's something when you transition to your creativity to being your um means for living and that puts a completely different pressure on your creative juice if you present if you want to like put it that way um, in a way that you need to be like emotionally prepared and like have honed in, tapped into your own creative forces and know so you can like live off that full time. Otherwise, it's really, really, really stressful and like almost untenable. 
So um, the one thing I would suggest is also to read a couple books. There's one um, called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the one who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she talks a lot about um, creativity and like losing the, the, the mojo and also like what the pressure is like to feel when you put, um, you know, your finances on being creative and being able to tap into that. And she, real artists have day jobs too. You that was the other Sarah. one. I was yeah. like, real artists have day jobs by uh, Sarah Benincasa, who was like the guest. But the one thing I wanted to say before I pivoted off that was that you know, Eat, Pray, Love was Elizabeth Gilbert's third book, mm-hmm. and before then, she had been like waitressing and, and doing other things for like ten years, while still other always also publishing novels. But you know, it took a while for her to like be able to just pursue <clears throat> her creative life full time. There's a lot of narratives out there, too, that, like, counteract and and validate each other a lot, too. Like, there's people who are like, I only want to hear from women who published their first book after 45. And then people will be like, look at this 19-year-old. That's like, there's all these narratives that counteract each other about, like, what's bolder and braver and better and, like, what really makes success in an artist. And I think that that's all fucking bullshit. Like, I think that... The business is a is a business thing and like that's that will always change. But the artist, who you are as a person, whether you, when you get discovered, like I don't know, I hate that. I yeah. hate like the idea of like you gotta hang in there because like you should like either way, whether you hit it early or you hit it late, if you care about it, you're gonna keep going. Yeah. Like I I I just like sometimes I get really caught up in like the idea of like not to like shit on your point, but like if Elizabeth Gilbert wasn't gonna write a third book it was never going to be Eat, Pray, Love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have to have it in you to keep going and not, like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I feel like every Yeah, but that was the thing is that she kept going in this creative pursuit despite the fact that it hadn't panned out for for two other books. I think there's this other thing from the over 45 set that then, like, they think, like, oh, we're the real artists. We're the ones that really made it. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's fine. Because I'm closer to that age than not. But I also think that like, and as someone like who was writing a lot in their 20s and around a lot in their 20s, I was like, oh, well, so basically you're just invalidating like my efforts and my success. And like, I think that all of that needs, to, I, I would love like that conversation to be taken off age. Again, a fake, a fake concept. Yeah. Literally fuck you Mayans like right. um <laughs> well yeah I think it, I think it's like but, I think it's back to the point where I'm like oh I've been doing this for a long time so like my age experience right. means that I'm a real artist right. whereas like people can mature like you were saying like that baby could be two months instead of a week yeah or I someone guess. could realize like at literally someone could realize when they were like much later in life that this is what they wanted to do. And that doesn't mean that they were slaving away it the, the whole time, you know? Like, there's this misconception when it's like, she got her first book published at 58. Don't worry. Guys. I'm like, well, maybe she started writing it at 55. Like, there's not, it's, is it that impressive? Like, I just think there's a weird narrative around it. Just like, do you? I think you. the narrative fits whatever the marketing element is. Thank it's you. Just, it's, it's business. Just, it, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like, I, I, I if somebody does something phenomenal in their 20s or in their 50s i mean i don't know it's such a subjective thing and it's also everybody's lives are different and like i mean uh, yeah i don't know it's hard to it's hard to kind of pin down like what is what is the right yeah way to do something or what is more valid yeah there was one more point that i wanted to make real quick and that that's because i actually do know poetry uh social media very well because i work on a poetry podcast for my day job 
It's called The Slow Down. It's five minutes. It's really good. You, should, you, should, you guys should check it out. But one of the things I do all day is look at poet poet Instagrams and poet social media accounts. And I actually, since she mentioned her social, I looked it up just to like kind of check it out. And I kind of want to encourage you, girl, like put yourself out there. Put your work out there. Like, How many followers does she have? I wasn't looking at followers. I was looking at whether or not she was putting her. No, I know. But when you're saying put yourself out there, maybe she already is out there, girl. Well, no, I mean, she's not putting her work out there. Oh, so wait, here's the deal, though, with this poetry book. This is the other question. Yeah, because I want to add something to all of this. If this girl, if we found out this girl's dad had like 10 mil in the bank and was financing this year of her life. I think we would handle this call. I think we would handle this call very differently. So there's this thing. There's another marketing thing is like for every 19 year old right out of like, you know, some Harvard kid that makes it like we also dislike him because his parents are rich or like, you know, like there's always like there's ways that we invalidate each other all the time. That is so gross to me. Like oh, but like they're this type of person or they're that type of person or this is their religion or they have have held this belief back then or whatever. We have ways to invalidate each other all day and I think it's so bogus and like it's very like prevalent, I think, especially growing, like working in comedy like a lot in my 20s being around the UCB scene and everything. People are such haters on each other, man. Like no matter what you do, just you have to be in this for the love of the game, period. Go work at Chili's. Like, you really do have to, like, that's it. People are such haters, and you'll, yeah. You also have to find, uh, quickly, you have to find a source of happiness outside of what you do for work. Uh, if you, you know, if you, if your happiness is is directly linked to your, uh, to your work or what you do, then it's very hard, like, you know, if you're always comparing yourself to other people or, you know, you know, uh, like, I... I got this great thing in my job and so I'm happy. And then, you know, cause that's, you're going to have hills and valleys and like the valleys are really, really low. If you don't have some other source of joy, you know, other than like, I accomplished this. I don't know that I do. Like, I really don't. How? Like my hobbies are other work. Well, we talked about this. It's like, that's a part of our lives. We both need to develop. But like, like, what else would I do? Joy. Like, what else would I do? You used to do tie-dyeing. You used to yeah, I, that. but that, like, takes five minutes. But like, that's, that's, like, not... a little thing that you can do that, like, you know. You got a fresh stack joy. right there, baby. Yeah. But if you're enjoying, yeah. like, the work, yeah, then that's a source of joy without it, Even without, like, not, it doesn't have without to be, you like, being, like, thing. how well am I doing in this? Or how yeah. much have I achieved? Like, right. You know, it's not, it's just, I it just mean, like. Some people have comp- – I think I have a competitive attitude towards life and I'm only competing with myself. <laughs> yeah. Like I just think that like even if it like it was a relationship or something, I'd want to be the best girlfriend. Or if it was like a lot of good – like a huge fucking group of big friends, which I like is so not my personality anyway. I'd want to be the best friend out of that group. Like I very much like don't have a normal – just don't develop that. I also forgot what this question sort of was. Like, this is a lot of <laughs> She was big, just kind of like, what should I what do? What should I do? Yeah, I'm having I'm the not. same crisis, honey. Call back in 10 years. Like, I'll probably still be having it, and so will you. It's hard. I think yeah. everyone's always in a little bit of a crisis about life. Yeah. Yeah. What does it all mean? And also, like, I don't know. And then I feel like people say stuff on their deathbed, and then that gets in our head. And I'm like, well, if I had to say something in one moment, it'd probably be pretty simple and positive too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wish I spent more time with my family. No, they probably, like, wish they didn't, like, you know, 
fucking steal ten thousand dollars from their boss in nineteen eighty seven and get fired, and the I, family had to sell the house. I hate the thing. Like, it's like, oh, I wish I didn't work so much, but it's like, uh, you need to pay the bills. Like that's yeah, just the reality absolutely. of being alive. <laughs> There's all people like come in with all these like things, and I've been guilty of like trying to put a bow on things too. Like you know, we all do. Like that's how we get through the day, but. We've set up like so many um, sayings and ideas that contradict each other that we all try to live by simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And like it just is it's very um, it's very confusing to me. You know, it's very confusing because I agree with you. Like there should be things outside of work. And then I also believe in the idea of like if you work with like if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I believe in that too. Like there's just and that's I I I think I just mean don't hang your joy on like especially in the entertainment industry on like how well you're doing, you know, because you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. It's very easy in this town to like look and be like, oh, this person got a you know a show greenlit or this person did this or that you know and I. You know, and then just discount everything you're doing or whatever. And so you just have to not like there just has to be some other source of happiness. Yeah, I think if it's the process of creating or if it's working some other thing where you're enjoying the work, like it's just yeah, I just don't mean don't hang it on your self-esteem if your self-esteem is directly linked to like accomplishments. Yeah. I don't know how I stopped like comparing myself to other people that way, but like I just don't. It means nothing to me anymore. Like I'm happy for someone someone if something good happens for them, but I don't ever look at something happening for another person and be like, fuck, like what does that mean for me? Like you yeah. know what I mean? That's where does, awesome. Where yeah. does this leave me? Like that's not that's never my reaction it doesn't, anymore. It doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah, and I also think that I've seen that like you can have anything you want in a lot of ways and it doesn't mean anything like yeah. so many people I know like they get their show made and then they fucking become a dark alcoholic and like it ruins their relationship oh like all these things like really like it's it's I've seen the best and worst things happen to people and it works out in the end I don't really ever feel like completely unoptimistic for anyone um which is maybe an, a place you want to get because you'll see everyone fails and everyone yep. succeeds and every it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't affect really the way anyone long-term thinks about anyone or anything. So, yeah. you know, life is meaningless and just remember that. Um, I'm kidding. It's fine. You'll be <laughs> fine. Call us back. 323 Am I take another call? Yeah, I think I'm not should. tracking. This is too existential for me. <laughs> it's too, it is. Hi, Malls, Christina and guests. Um, I'm calling for a little advice or your opinion. Um, I am struggling with telling my husband that I am bisexual. And I don't think I've actually said that out loud before, but it's something that I have been keeping to myself for a while. And we've been married for five years, together for 10. I'm 30. He's 42. Um, we met when I was 19 and this is just something that I've come to realize about myself. I never had the chance to really, I guess, experience that part of myself. So I just need a little bit of advice about all that and mainly just talking to my husband about it. I have spoken to my therapist about it, but I'd like your opinion. Thanks. Please be What do you think? 
Uh, congratulations. Welcome to the club, by the way. Yeah. By the way, how did you tell your therapist if you were bisexual if this was your first time saying you were bisexual? Maybe this is a fucking prank Maybe she call. just said Do you think like, this is a prank? Maybe she just said like Oh, I think I'm into more than just men I might be into women Right, right, right She could have written it on a piece of paper And right. slipped she, it that's to her therapist Good technicality, yeah. you're yeah. right Maybe she was oh too God. upset to say it out loud in, in the Therapist, she, she therapist did sign maybe language. put I think, words in her mouth Yeah I think it's also like I might be bisexual Instead of saying like I am a bisexual is completely Right that's, There's a mental shift that happens Also emotionally True In your brain Having gone through that experience So congratulations on figuring that out Yeah that's it Yeah happens. You know I was like around 30 When I started like affirming it publicly um, I think I was like 27 When I admitted it to myself so, like, I, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. I understand that's like, it's a good, good way to get to know yourself, I guess, at 30. You know, why not? And I think the main complication here is the marriage aspect for her. Right. And I will also say that, like, you can never sleep with a woman and still be bisexual. Sure. Like, that's, you don't need that confirmation if that's something that, you know, I just want to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Especially, I think it's, I think, how you tell your husband is based on how you think this will affect your marriage. I was exactly. wondering about that. I was wondering, does she need to know her desired outcome to before she goes I think and tells so. Him? I will tell you the reason why I think so is because it sounds like there's a reason why she's afraid to say this. And I think it's probably because her husband is would probably fear that this would mean that they – now we're in an open relationship or in a different situation, right? I can say that as someone who is bisexual, I think the fear that I've had in the past is people people that I've been in relationships thinking that I won't be faithful to them because I'm open to this whole other gender rather than like even if I was uh, a heterosexual, like why wouldn't you worry about me looking at other men? Right. It's yeah, like you'll it plow like anything a, anytime. Yeah. Like that's the attitude I think yeah. with bisexual people. Yeah, people are not, like, oh, they'll fuck anything. And it's not like, <laughs> oh, I just want all the things yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's like not, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you already have a level of uh, monogamy or trust in your relationship, yeah. why would this change that? You know, yeah. unless you're wanting to experience something that you haven't before. Yeah. I'd say come to the table with some solid ideas. Like I wouldn't show up empty handed and be like, Hey, I'm bisexual. I'm going to throw this on the table and like, let's figure this out together. Like I would definitely try and form a thesis and be like, this is what I am. I don't know how that's going to show up, but I do know that like you are a participant and like whether like this is a part of a conversation with us, like, that's a good way to start. Maybe you maybe you want, you know, another gross thing that came to mind is like how many husbands be like, oh yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's a big common reaction with guys is to be like, fuck yeah. Like now I'm having threesomes all the time. Like if that's probably not what this looks like for you. <laughs> yeah. By the way, straight guys, you could always have threesomes if another man is <laughs> right. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, that, sure. Yeah. There's if that. If you want threesomes so bad. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely, I would, I mean, I don't think it's required of you, but if I personally as a Capricorn were to like have this conversation, I think also this happens a lot. Like there's probably people in relationships who realize this every day and there always have been for all of time. Just now is a different way to act on it. Like there's a different conversation about it in the universe. Um, 
I mean, what do you, I don't think this is a I don't think this is a bad thing, but I do think it's something that needs to be navigated for sure. Yeah, you know, it's sensitive. I think I would be if I if I were to be honest, if I was married to someone for a while, and then he told me that he was had realized that he had a desire towards men that I never knew about, and it wouldn't change the way I felt, but I would be I would definitely think that I would have some insecurity oh, around that's it. That's completely understandable, you know. Yeah. And I think that that might be a controversial like thing to say because I think everyone's supposed to just be like, yeah, whatever's fine now. But like when you enter marriage, no matter what, and if you are thinking of like exploring outside of your marriage, that is a sensitive subject. Yeah, if someone. If I was with a guy who just said to me, I want to be open after all these years, and I and I know that that's not necessarily what this means to you, but if that is the case, I would handle with care, and I would also want to make sure that, like, my husband wasn't one of those guys. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll leave my wife hooks up with chicks. Like, Yeah, and I mean, the other thing is that she's with him since she was 19 years old, and yeah. so she really didn't get the opportunity to explore sexuality, and who knows, like... It might be because she's coming at it this late. She might have never explored it in Doggy, her 20s. Does you know that I mean he had 12 years on her when she was 19? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't like this guy. Sorry. I think you got to I think you got to let the husband go. <laughs> I I don't know. I wasn't going to bring that into it. You but- were 19 when you got with this What yeah. was he tw- What was 30, he 30 something? Oh, girl, girl. No. I don't know. I mean, that's fine. Look, it's hard to say. We, it's hard to say. I know, because when I was doing know. the math, I was like, wait, I'm 32 now. Like, would it's I possible. be a 19-year-old? I don't think I would. But I mean, absolutely not. Marry a 19-year-old. Like They were 20, but she was 20, but yeah, it was a year later. Like, that's, that's a big, uh, you know, that's a big thing. Like, if I got married at 19, I'm sure that I would have all sorts of realizations about myself in the process. I'm frankly proud of them for making it this long. Yeah. Um, yeah, being married at 19 and then being with somebody who's 12 years older who has probably shaped – I mean, there's – there's I obviously don't know either of them, but there's the potential there just as an outside observer of a, of a power dynamic that's very specific with a 12-year – a man that's 12 years older than, than a woman uh, who is um, kind of influencing – how you think about yourself and about the dynamics of a relationship. And so that may, I can see why you might not, that you might repress or not even just think about your own sexuality in the terms that you have now or have come to and why that might be hard to share uh, within the, the dynamics of this particular relationship. Truly. And but here's another question is like, what does the therapist say about your relationship period? Like, cause that would be interesting to know like what the overall take is on the marriage. Like yeah. is the marriage really strong and healthy? And then this is just some like bonus information. Yeah. And this is something you can kind of like work with your therapist on and how you were like your approach for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I do think it's interesting that she goes to therapy for this and is asking us and like, Oh, by the way, please ask us anything. We're like, we're more than happy to like field any questions. But um, I do want to, I wonder if the therapist, what the therapist's advice was on this and like what she knows about the marriage that we maybe don't, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, just, you know, therapists can tend to have a very specific language and talk within a very specific framework and yeah. maybe asking this, this forum, you know, is, is a just a different kind of more, you know, uh, casual wisdom, or, you right? Know, uh, which is good, and people want to get all sorts of perspectives. My therapist is real, 
rock and roll. She's real loose. So we speak pretty. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. We speak pretty casually. So I, it's been a long time since I've had someone that's been technical with me and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. I mean, I, like you're a loser. Like, I don't want to tell you things. I do want to touch, like, as a married man and as a straight married man, if your partner came to you and was like, hey, I'm bisexual, like, or how, do you have advice on how she should maybe navigate this? I, I mean, I think what what all what both of you have been saying, just you know, having kind of a, a sorry, you're a not plan. married. You're, you've been in a relationship for a while. Oh, I'm married. Oh, okay. And, yeah, no, I'm married, and I've uh, for 18 years. And uh, so, if my wife came to me and and said that she was bisexual, it would. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I just feel so weird. <laughs> that like this is a real person. I'm so sorry, but continue. It just is. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why this is funny to me. Keep going. <laughs> um, I I just it would I think it would just make me reevaluate re some things. Um, but not it would it's just like if my wife came to me with anything kind of deep seated that we, she hadn't shared because we're very close and we've been together for so long, it would make me kind of reevaluate certain things within our relationship. I don't think that I would be. I mean good point Ted like sometimes when someone's not telling you something so basic it's like whoa I had a totally different basis for the honesty level yeah. we came in on I mean I, but it's not basic like there is some really like things you have to unlearn yeah, to no, absolutely. be able to like tackle sure. that part of yourself I don't sure. mean it would make me reevaluate like my trust in day, her right Wait, you guys talk like all the time, right is that what you're saying like you guys talk so frequently that you would be surprised if something came out I, I, it just, it would, it's now I, I'm like, if she, this is something that's deep seated. So it's not like, you know, you know, I had a fender bender and I didn't tell you that. like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like at all, like I, I understand that it's like, uh, you know, so it's not like it would be, make me reevaluate my trust in her. It would just make me reevaluate our, the dynamics of a relationship. And right. so I think that like, it's just a sensitive topic. Like I, I, but I, yet it would be, I'd be thrilled if it was something that was like, you know, made, gave her a better sense of herself right. or, or, and I wouldn't, I, me personally and the relationship I'm in, I wouldn't intimidate me or make me feel like, Oh no, I, I've got anything that could make my wife like happier and feel better about herself, I think is only going to help a relationship yeah. in the long run. So yeah. um, I would just say it is a, it's just, it's a, it's a bit of a weighty issue and a bit of a sensitive topic, but I don't think it at the same time, I don't, it doesn't feel like a confessional thing. It feels more like just like, I want to share this with you because it's who I am. True. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. I think a lot of people would almost approach this. Like I have something to tell you that, is off-putting or a secret that I've been, like intentionally hid from you yeah. and I have to confess this. Like that's absolutely I think how a lot of people would approach it because they probably feel some sort of guilt or like, you know, maybe like oh, no, shame or something. Yeah, yeah. Like and I think also there's like can be like some um there's a lot of shame. Self hatred, like like a little bit of like homophobia towards themselves, absolutely. biphobia towards themselves, where uh -huh. it's like fuck I have this secret like I have to come clean for me it was very like oh it's fine like I didn't have problem with gay people I had a big problem with me being gay mm. and I could not and I still don't fully understand it 
Yeah. But, like, I, that was a huge hurdle for me to get over. It was just, like, I, like, I don't know. I like still Like, thinking can't. less of yourself because it, of it? It just felt, like, it felt wrong. It felt like it was wrong. Or, like, and it's weird because I don't have that feeling towards other people. Well, yeah. we all, like, I can't be, like, gay. Look at or, the abortion issue, for example. Yeah. There's so many people out there who are like, oh, I'm fine if you want to get an abortion. I personally could never. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think, like, something that when, like, someone's actually faced with it, if you are actually faced with questioning your sexuality, if you're actually faced with, like, a choice. Well, it's also, like, when you're those things assumed might- straight, you see, like, people's reactions to, like, right. that. And, like, you see, like, the ugliness. And it's, like, you you don't want to feel that. You mm-hmm. don't want to be on the other side of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I feel for her because this is a tough thing. And it's like, that's why I'm cheering her on because like it's a tough thing to navigate no, through it's, and like it's to rough. arrive there. And it's good. It's so, so good that you know that about yourself. But like, yeah, this is a. And it is approach. a revelation. It's a good revelation versus kind of some sort of kind of dark secret coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. It's just like you, you've opened up this other part of yourself. I mean, it's, it's awesome. So hopefully your husband would share in that joy this is know? two versions and i love it. being queer now like yeah, I, it's, you a, love it's it. a huge part of my identity like it is a part of who i am and i i really love that side of myself but it took me a long time to get there yeah um i was gonna say there's like two new york times opinion pieces versions of this story yeah and there's one where it's like i told my husband i was bisexual and like he left me and then there's like the version where it's like I threw my husband a brunch to announce I was bisexual, yeah. and like there yeah. was, you know, there was like fucking fruit and sausage and like blah blah blah, and I did like you could do the whole fucking thing. Like there's two versions of this, and I think there's a real middle ground where it's like coming in and being like, hey, I discovered something about myself. Like let's discuss this. I don't think like because in my mind, I I I imagined it how I think that. I took it at first, like with my own bias, where I was like, this is going to have to be a sit down that's serious, where like there might even be a we need to talk beforehand, you know? And like I took it, I think I took it in a way that you kind of presented it, which is like, how do I do this? And maybe it's much lighter than that, you know? But like there's definitely, those are two. Think of the opinion piece, honey. Think of your opinion piece when you. (laughs) explain this you know <laughs> how would you want to read that in the new york times i think that that's a good approach yeah that will be a piece by the way someone throwing like a brunch to announce their bisexual to their husband i love a bisexual brunch yeah 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 <laughs> there that would have a lot of takes on twitter i would love i would i'm already excited guys write your takes what for would that, they serve your twitter ta- uh, that's what i'm saying is like there'd have to be a whole like to remember on full house savory when, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. S- sausage and fruit. But like, I'm saying that I think Oysters that it would be and hot dogs. The, I, to, exactly. The basic, the basic buy brunch. Um, <laughs> basic quick buy brunch. Fried oysters and hot dogs. Oh wait, actually, this is funny because I did want to do something with you guys today where we talk about our dream like day, our our top to end, beginning to and yeah. day meal last day of our life meal okay. i took notes on that yeah. um but i also wanted to say this is very similar to the episode of full house where aunt becky had to tell jesse that she was pregnant with um with the baby and so she gave baby corn baby tomatoes 
baby blah 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 and then that's how she told him she was pregnant you know do very monet on it Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like but like dmx and janelle monet do you know what i mean you got to get the aggressive male energy out and then you got to have the light janelle janelle monet energy that's janelle million was more of the pansexual of it all sure but i david bowie i think we need to okay do you want to just do an all bisexual playlist you don't want to okay i was thinking more the duality of it but that's Mm -hmm. fine Yeah. yeah Do you want to talk our dream meals? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. And then we have a letter. Okay. So this is like something I've been thinking about. We can all take our turns. Maybe we'll do Ted's first because everybody has good snacks. And then um, we'll do a letter and then you and I will take turns. I want to know, Ted, if this was your last day on earth or if you had a day where calories did not matter, what would be your breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Okie dokie. Um First, I should preface this by saying I have the palate of a nine-year-old. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have – well, listen, I love – I love. I don't really not like any food except marzipan. Yeah, I, we know that. You and I it. both hate marzipan. Yeah, yeah, I think we've talked about that. There is a I, I mean, I love marzipan. all food from around the world, but this is going to be, you know, pretty uh, low-level stuff here because it's just – it's how I want it on that day, on this mm. day. Um, I would start off my breakfast with um, uh, French toast and a waffle, bacon, sausage links, scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. uh, a fresh uh, ripe mango, um, strong coffee with half and half, <laughs> uh, a vanilla latte, a bear claw from Bob's Donuts in oh, the farmer's hell- market. <laughs> Wait, uh, should we do all of our breakfasts first and then do lunch? I am like still wrapping my head around okay, this question. Keep going. This is so good, Ted. Okay. Um, and a sweet roll from the Frontier restaurant in Albuquerque, New Mexico. What is that like? Um, it's it's very basic, but they, they bring it to you. It's just a pat of butter on top. It's just this big old sweet roll. It's not huge. Is it like a cinnamon roll? Yeah, cinnamon oh, roll. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's delicious. I've got a cinnamon roll on mine too. Yeah, Yeah, okay. it's so good. Is that all your breakfast? Yeah, pretty much. That's okay. my breakfast. Do you want to do your breakfast or do you want me to go? Uh, you can you can go. Okay, I'm going to have to kick it off with some Eggs Benedict, okay? <laughs> then I'm going to need a side of well-done bacon. I'm also going to need some mixed berries, but not blackberries in there, just raspberries, strawberries, and blueberries. Then I'm going to need um, like half of a Belgian waffle, with um, real melty butter and then also whipped cream and strawberries on the side, but then real maple syrup. It has to be, you guys. Mrs. Butterworth. Do you know that there's people out there who have never had real maple syrup and what a crime that is? There's people that think that Aunt Jemima they is real maple syrup. Like yeah. it because they're so used to the like corn syrupy maple quote unquote syrup. Yeah, that's really quick, sad. Quick side note: When I worked a job in, I was a messenger in New York for many years, but I worked with a lot of guys, and one of them was kind of a health nut, and he did that maple syrup, cayenne, lemon juice oh, yeah. cleanse. You know, yeah. And he was telling us about it. Another guy who was older and not really wise to the fact was like came in like after the weekend was like i tried that maple syrup cleanse just gave me the run and he'd been using like (laughs) log cabin or you know so basically he was just like a corn syrup cleanse you know like just terrible anyway so that makes me so sad yeah it was it was he must have had a terrible weekend yeah but also it's so sad to just like i i hate it i hate people like yeah. it makes me so sad to think this man's like i'm gonna try that 
like that guy at work that was doing this, like probably secretly admires him or is like, maybe like, wow, if I could just get my life in control like Dan. And then he comes in drinking on Jemima all weekend. It's just sad. (laughs) That actually really makes me so sad. If if I were to go into more detail about these specific characters, you would even be more sad. But like, but (laughs) yeah, it it was, it was not. That really hits me, Ted. It was a bummer. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Um, Because I'm going to (laughs) get. But let's get back to that breakfast. Carafe of uh, fresh squeezed orange juice with pulp because I'm an adult. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I like, what is with, are you a pulp? Pulp or no pulp? I mean, if it's fresh squeezed, give it to me. Yeah, a little pulp. Yeah, fine. Yeah. If I'm going to buy like a carton of Tropicana, I'm not a pulp guy. Yeah, I that. feel that. Which I I'm not really going to buy a carton of Tropicana at this right. stage of the game, though. But I um, I, I wouldn't go hard. So I think first. when I was a kid, I would have liked an extra pulp almost. You know, like I really, I want to get that orange Just in there. Orange. No. Yes. <laughs> No, because that's not going to put me to sleep. I used to drink a glass of orange juice every night to go to sleep, which now I realize I was just sugar bombing myself. Yeah, but then, well, you know. Yeah, it would fucking work every night, baby. Not only that, but you're leaving that acid on your teeth. Probably, but, you know, I'm fine. I only have two cavities, so that's fine. Um, But, yeah, every night, pass out with a little oge. Um, I still like it. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll, I'll just take a quick shot of Oge. I love that. It really does feel good. Um, nice. and then I'm going to need a big, um, I'm going to need like a big iced espresso, like three, four shots with some 2% milk as well as a pot of hot coffee. Um, I also want an everything bagel scooped out with vegetable cream cheese. Mm. That's the shit right there. And then I want capers and red onion and tomato on the side of that. Um, and I think I'm just going to take bites of that alternating until until it's time for lunch. What about you, Christina? I was thinking of like, if we didn't care about the calories, why are you scooping out the... Because then you get more cream cheese in it, bitch. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. when it's more crunchy. Okay. Um. So I just I was, that was your note, like on my breakfast, was why am I scooping out my bagel? I was just curious. Why are like, you minding your care, business? If we don't care about the calories, why are you scooping out? Well, the if you sometimes there's a bre- bread, a cheese, woman. or bread meat ratio that's very important. Mm. To this me. is a woman who wouldn't even tell me what's breakfast cereal shade. Do you see how she's come at me with both my opinion on Janelle Monet, shocked that Christina's questioning my musical taste? First of all, no. secondly. It's a lot of fair weather Janelle Monae fans. Secondly, asking me if I scoop out my, why I would scoop. Why why are you questioning me about this? These are my preferences. Because if, uh, my thing is like, if we're, uh, I was just trying to understand like, why Look, would you scoop it out if we didn't care about I don't have a cookie cutter brain. Question. Okay. My brain is not is a cookie cutter. Yes, so I am not a paper I doll. I have my own wild opinions, my own whims. She and- just wants to make sure you're maximizing your joy. Yeah. That's all. You're not cutting corners. This for is my deathbed, okay? <laughs> I run my deathbed, okay? <laughs> no questions asked. Yeah, I'm not going to grill you when we get to the Crispex portion of your. That's fine. Dream. No, I do love Crispex. Keep going. <laughs> uh, mine. Uh, I have this quiche that I make. It's a ham and cheese quiche. Mm-hmm. That's like an egg. It's I didn't really see nice. anyone popping off with a quiche, and I love this. Yeah, I love this it. is a great game. It's a really great quiche. Um, pancakes. I think I love pancakes. What kind? Just plain butter. Yeah, some syrup. butter on them, some mm-hmm. syrup. Uh, maybe it, I've made pancakes with like uh, coconut milk before, and that's mm. been really good. It's like a different texture. Stack size, thickness of the cake. Three, not too big, just normal, like picturesque. I like a silver dollar. 
I used to love silver dollars. Wow. As a kid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, rich. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bacon. Uh, I, chorizo breakfast potatoes, which I really love. Ooh. If you had like make them with chorizo, it's really good. Um, hot coffee and a mimosa. Pretty. That's bright. I didn't think of the mimosa or honestly the hash brown. I a love a, a mimosa is like a nice buzz, a nice caffeinated buzz. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, you're right. I don't actually, I don't love to start my day with booze though. I've realized that. I actually think I hate mimosas, but I do like the idea of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take take our letter and everyone think about your lunch in the meantime. I'm so excited for lunch. <laughs> my fictional lunch. I've been thinking about this for two days. Yeah. Okay. Hope this isn't too long. My boyfriend and I have been together for a little over four years. I'm 23. He's 24. And we live in a city where rents are really, really high. I was recently laid off. I was recently laid off from my job, and we have no success. And I've had no success finding a new one. He works from home several days a week and hates that the days he does have to go in. We both have studio apartments, but he stays over mine ninety nine percent of the time. Not having a job has been another huge stressor for me, as I was on the precipice of precipice of becoming financially independent from my parents before I got laid off. The job, the job struggle has made me feel kind of worthless as I send out tons of job apps but hear nothing back. I'm trying to be productive by working on my own artistic endeavors, but writing your screenplay in trendy cafes can get expensive. That leaves us both oh, stressed library. out. <laughs> what did Sorry. you say? I said go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> that leaves us both stressed out in my apartment, never more than 10 feet away from each other. Recently, we've been fighting a lot. What starts as an argument over who's doing the dishes or forgetting their keys can span into an hour or days long fight. I am always feeling like the loser of the fight. And though I know I am wrong sometimes, he readily admits that he's a good argument, arguer. He readily admits that he's a good arguer and doesn't, which doesn't help. We're planning on moving in together later this year and are hoping that with lower rent and a few rooms in the apartment, we will at least be, we will, we will be less at each other's throats. But in the meantime, how do two chronically anxious and currently stressed people coexist when the space is tight? Please advise. By the way, I'm a Libra sun, Taurus moon, Pisces rising. He's a Gemini sun, I think Virgo moon, and a Sag rising. We both have Taurus and Venus. That's it. Well, that's his Virgo arguing. <laughs> but mm, this is unhealthy. What the fuck? He has a studio apartment. You guys are still at the same studio apartment all the time, angry with each other. Why aren't you going to the library, first of all? Like, the idea of someone writing in a trendy cafe is, like, kind of bullshit. Like, that's... But it's it, also if you're people, struggling to pay your rent. Like, what are you doing? That's what I'm saying is, like, why are... Like, it's all like, what do you think is going to happen at the cafe where you're spending your money on lattes, I guess, right? What do you think What do you think you're going to meet another writer there? Go to the fucking library where they actually have books and you can like use stuff there and it's free. You can like leave and smoke a cigarette and no one's going to steal your computer. It's the goddamn library. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't, I don't get it. And why is this? I don't, I think it's very dumb to take a gamble on Elise with someone that you really aren't getting along with well. And if you feel like you're walking into arguments already the loser, like 
there's a power dynamic there that's really fucked up and he's preying on it. Basically, when he admits, like, I'm good at arguing, like, he's preying on your power dynamic. I think that's really shitty. It also is kind of shitty for someone to be like, yeah, I may be wrong, but I'm good at arguing, so I'm going to keep arguing my point. It's just yeah, that doesn't. That's like a level of self-awareness that doesn't help the relationship at all. There's no empathy there. But I, I would say that, okay, you know, maybe you're comfortable going to the cafe that you go to to that's your process but you can change that process but also he why doesn't he they both have apartments correct they're throwing yeah, right money now. away every well, month go you know he should go to his apartment to do his work yeah like go to his you know that's if, his office that's where you work and then you you know you each work at your own apartments um or you know i i've lived this i mean my wife and i moved to after 20 years in New York, moved to LA five years ago and I started working. We both were working for home, from home and you know, we've been married for close to 20 years and, but we're living in a place that only has one extra room. So it's just really hard. You know, it's hard. It doesn't, you know, to be in each other's space and not have a lot of space is, yeah. can be very challenging. And so you have to, f- you have to actively figure out a way around that. You know, yeah. whether it be he goes to his place or you just you have to be proactive and figure that stuff out because it's just, yeah, you're going to you're just going to it's landmines. It becomes landmines. And everywhere. like both of you are renting a studio apartment like you didn't mention if there's a rent difference or anything else. But that's basically money that's being thrown away. <coughs> Sorry. That's basically money that's being thrown away every single month for. I mean, what like is he really like what? What's going on? Why can't he get out of that lease? If you guys are already basically, is it, are you using it as a storage unit of sorts? Like, why do you both have studio apartments? It just seems like such a massive waste of cash to me. And yeah. it might be cheaper to just break that lease and to get into a new apartment. But I don't know if things like sound ideal enough for you guys to, I wouldn't take this further out, out on wheels. Like, I would try and say like, Let's maybe like get this part normal between us, yeah, the everyday living in. part before we move in. Cause hoping that more doors is going to make a difference is a very um You just get to be mad at each other in different rooms now. Right. 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 <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the, the only truth. thing that's gonna have change. And I will say that like my mom was always a big believer in the idea of like there's a reason why. Because like I think that when, you know, in her marriage she felt that we're very Irish. We like like to do our own thing and like are very like kind of like solo beings in inside the house. My stepdad's family was Greek and like they're very much like we're in a living room right now at my house with like two chairs and, and two small couches. The entire five, five of them would be on this couch if they had their like choice. Do you know what I mean? They're very fucking close. And my mom, that was like a big challenge for her. And she would always say like, there's a reason why homes have walls and doors. Like they need to respect that. Like when I go into one room, they can't all follow me into it. Um, There's like, if you have that personality, I don't understand how people manage it. I really don't like to live in a small place, knowing that there's tension 10 feet from you. I don't like anyone else in my whole ass house when I'm feeling introverted. Like I don't want them in any other room. I don't want someone to be in my driveway when I'm upset. I like to be very much alone. Um, in, um, I So, like, there is something to say for, like, just the idea of, like, walls and doors to begin with. But I have a friend that 
was like in a who lived in a studio apartment in New York and in their marriage they lived in this apartment and I don't I barely understood how they like I've lived in studios it was similar to the size of my studio my bachelor apartment in Koreatown okay do you remember that it was like one room and then a kitchen and a bathroom or not even a kitchen it was like a closet and a bathroom Yeah. yeah It just it was just a fridge, um, a mini fridge with a microwave on top of it. There wasn't even a sink. So, um, yeah, basically, like it was that size. And I like she was like upset. She said her something like about her marriage only lasting five years. And I was like, I wouldn't have lasted five months like with always one person always having to be on like wireless speakers and then the other person always like how do you uh, how do you do that especially if you don't really like the if you really don't like a lot of the things about this person in the way that they interact in the world you know what i'm saying yeah like that seems the like the <laughs> the virgo thing the arguing thing bums me out cuz like he's bullying you and he knows it he's like i can fucking out talk you and i know it and that's a skill to have, but it's another thing to admit it. Like, you know. To the person that and you're I, mostly that's, arguing with. I also know what I've thought about people, and I feel terrible saying this. I also know what I've thought about people that I could out-argue. Yeah. In relationships mm-hmm. where I'm like, mm, well, you're not that fucking bright. So I can run and circles around And that's the thing. It's you. like if, if the goal is to win the argument, you're not really getting to the point of like talking about your feelings. It's right. Like, it's not a productive thing. You're just. Well, you're not. Shouting. Yeah. You have. I mean, you're lacking empathy if you can't kind of put yourself in the person's shoes that you're arguing with. And, you're not doing any active listening. Yeah. Like, you're not hearing each other. It's just about like Winning. canceling them out. I hate it when this is like the breakup with your boyfriend show, but like I do think that this is a really reconciled. Wags is already Ted, like, Ted no. brought a wags a pig, and he's been he he's acted already, out on the pig. He's possessive of it. I was gonna say Ted. That's oh, a big, wags! That's a don't thing. bite Ted. <laughs> that means he likes it. Does Olive do that? Would she ever snarl at a guest uh, who gave her a present? <laughs> no, no, but, but yeah. she would snarl at their cat. Yeah, Wax had dog. balls for five years, so I think that like some of that is in there. I, I he had his balls for five years. I didn't I didn't get him neutered for five years. Ah, okay. Because I was like, well, well, who's he gonna fuck? It's just us. Like, like I didn't, I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And I knew I don't know what it was. I felt like bad. I felt bad neutering him, and then finally I did. And I think he still got a little bit of that aggro spirit yeah. inside of him. Yeah. Wags. Hey, I reached for Ted the pig. Ted gave you so. the pig, Wags. I'm going to take it. Oh, now you're... Oh, see, this is a really uh, interesting Moody's in today. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like this. I think that, like, you should really reconsider this whole thing before you sign a lease because it's very expensive to break one. And just because... Is this a person that... I heard someone say recently that they like knew their husband was the one because it was she's like, I don't think it would be a pain in the ass to divorce him. And she's like, I think that he would be very like easy to divorce. Like he wouldn't put up a big deal about it. We could go through that together. And good Lord, I know that that's a crazy way to think about things. But with the lease, like I would ask you if this if you had to end this lease, would he be a monster about it? Because that you don't have any sort of ties to each other. You're not like married. You're not engaged. You don't have any reason to work through this necessarily if shit hits the fan. If you guys sign this year lease and in nine months in something happens, 
do you think he's someone that like just bedroom doors would be enough that you'd be able to live out the rest yeah. of this lease? Because sometimes that happens. Like I had to live out part of the end of a lease with an ex-boyfriend and it was really bad. Like, because he was very angry because I broke, I was the one who like was like, I can't do this anymore. And so he was very angry and it was very difficult to live with him. Mm-hmm. So just consider that. Like yeah. it already seems like you guys have this like tension. Yeah. Does he, can he ever go spend three nights a week at his house? Like, why yeah. don't you guys try that? Three nights at his house. Maybe you guys will appreciate each other more. I do think mm-hmm. you need to, like, get this situation sorted out before you move in with each other. That was That's ultimately the best yeah. advice I can give to the, summarize this call and then, uh, this letter. And I'm package. preoccupied also with the waste of the money that, that's going into the studio. Because, like, she's broke and he's, like, kind of living at her place. And I wasting this money. For, like your groceries and like helping you out with your electric. I because, really, like, yes, because like he's driving up your, exactly, he's driving up your utilities and like he could help make your life a little bit easier. Yeah. I understand that like you probably enjoy having him at your house too. It says a lot if he hasn't at least offered. Right. You guys have to practice like boundaries. Because it sounds like it's easy to not have any. It's so easy in a relationship to not have any boundaries, especially if you guys are getting along really well at first. But I think like maybe testing out some fucking boundaries, like just him staying at his house a little bit more often might be smart. You'll feel like the tension is the tension is really a lot for me to think about. Having someone mad at you 10 feet away in your own house that you're also like in a relationship with, like that's a lot. Yeah. It's it's huge. And that's mental chaos for you. Like as Absolutely. someone who's broke and needs to earn your money, like you need to be like writing and being creative and like, I don't mm. know. These are the things that when I, they've existed in my life, I've assumed that they weren't the problem, but they were like the only problem, you yeah. know, they were like the main problem. And then once that was gone, I was like in the most creative and like ready to work place of my life. Breakups are really good. For creativity, just saying. So if that happens, maybe this isn't the end of the world. I'm like, what are you doing at a cafe? Get a library card. It's so nice. You don't even need the card to be at the library. Exactly. You just walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well. Oh, but if you're gonna commit a crime, don't Google anything. Yeah. There. Don't you know, what? Don't Google anything there. Or that's how they're do. gonna get oh, yeah. you. If you, you do, know, you can't. You can't Google how to murder someone. Name. Right. Right. Yeah. Wear sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of, like, who the best alias to to use would be, like, if you wrote about it. Or if you – yeah, like, you'd have to go buy a new outfit and then throw it out so they could never track your, like, hoodie or whatever it was you wore. You'd have to buy the outfit in cash. Yes. And you'd probably want to buy it. you'd have to take that cash out, like, way before. Yeah. Like, you intend to buy the outfit. You know where I'd go. I'd go down to Venice Boulevard where they've got vendors selling the same, all sorts of the same sunglasses, all sorts of the same thing. SpongeBob parody t-shirt. Yeah, I'd go buy a pair of red clout goggles from one guy, walk down the boardwalk a little bit, buy a plain nondescript sweatshirt from another person. Maybe a little Bart Simpson t-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then you throw them off with a little like hobby accessory like a puka shell or maybe you get like a, a broken Fitbit off Craigslist or something, make them think you're really like working on your fitness or something. 
Hit me up. Call us with your disguises. Three, two, three, four, five, zero. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, make sure your car has enough gas to get to and from the west side because you don't want to stop for gas somewhere in the west side. And then that's how they pin that you were in the west side. Yeah. Oh, no, for Start sure. Start a crime stash of money now. Like, yeah. You know. Guys, a, free advice. A, a, a yeah. You know, Start just some cash right you can now. keep to the side. Yeah. But, you know, take it to the, any your Coinstar money. You yeah. can use your Coinstar money. Absolutely. That's perfect because no one's tracking Coinstar money. And you can you can collect that really slow and easy. Do it in small bursts. You know, they will ding you with a fee. But I think that that's foolproof. Yeah, that's foolproof. Coinstar. Um, okay. Coinstar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to do our our um, last call? No, our food. Our oh, lunch. Yeah, Let's do lunch. Okay. What's your lunch, Ted? I got to think about mine again. My sorry. lunch is a um, series of pizzas. Mm. Um, I'm going to have <laughs> a New York style pizza with pepperoni. So it's a, it's kind of a softer crust, lots of cheese. I'm going to have a brick oven pizza with pineapple ham and jalapeno and a deep dish pizza with sausage, black olive, green pepper, and onion, and a pitcher of ice cold root beer. Oh, that's delicious. Ice cold root beer. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start out with two slices of cheese pizza from Cafe Aventura, which is the um, pizza place next to the Newberry Comics in the garage in Harvard Square. I think that maybe it's owned by new people. I I know it is owned by new people now, but I want to go back to those owners and get those two pieces of pizza. Then I want like a dozen chilled lobster claws um with drawn butter <laughs> mine, mine is lobster related as well right and then uh well i have lobster at dinner too for sure but i want like a dozen like kind of like chilled lobster claws that i can just take my time with over the meal they're so that's the best part of the lobster fucking best with drawn butter and then um i want to do like a mediterranean salad with like cucumbers and tomato and onion and like a really nice easy dressing i could just like eat that like 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 soup and then um, one of my mom's tuna fish sandwiches. Mm. And then a ham and cheese with provolone and spicy mustard and um, like chopped pickles on a bulky roll from this place in Needham called Cowtails. And I um, think that's it for lunch. Oh, and then for my drink, I guess I want – I think I want a Diet Coke. And also, yeah, I want a Diet Coke. And then also maybe a chocolate milk. Mm. Okay. Nice. I'm so gross. Okay. <laughs> what do you want? Uh, so there used to be this place um, in Silver Lake called Knuckle and Claw, and mm-hmm. they had a really good lobster roll. Oh, I love oh, that. Wow. And so I would want two lobster rolls from mm. Knuckle and Claw. Mm. <laughs> Somehow we can resurrect the business. But I, they also put recipes online for like their blend, for their butter blend. Yeah. It was delicious. And they would get like freshly baked rolls from like Rockweiler and um, – or, or there's some bread company on the west side, uh, but it was so delicious, and I love. And they used the good part of the lobster, the claw, and the mm. the knuckle and stuff like that. So it was really just succulent and amazing. Do you know people um, don't know that there's um meat? I had someone say to me that they didn't even know that there was meat in the claws and I know, in the knuckle. And I'm like, are you? What have you been doing? I know that's like they wasted. And the how much lobster? Like not that great. It's like fine. Yeah. The tail's just fine for me. Yeah, not much. But I'll take one. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. For a drink, I just want an ice cold red birch beer. 
Boylan makes a really good red nice. rouge. Yeah, that's classic. Oh my yeah. god, that's classic. Wow, that's simple. That's some lunch. real. Love some, it. Some my breakfast shit. was heavy, so. Oh my God, I love that. Okay, so, okay, do you want to do our last call and then dinner and then close out? I yeah. care more about the food than I care about it, these people. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Hi, um, everybody. I just forgot all of your names. My brain just stopped, and I listen to your show all the time. Malls, Christina Wax, got it. Um, I have a question that is not very serious, but it popped in my head again today, which is I also listen to um, Mother May I Sleep with podcast. Big fan. Um, I'm curious. <laughs> my question is, what is the logo image that's on um, Mother May I Sleep with podcast? Because every time I look at it, it looks like an ass. And it could be in the sign. I'm just really... I realize it's not like a Rorschach test, but it feels like it. And I'm on the subway and I'm listening to the podcast and I look down and I sometimes wonder if people think that I'm like looking at cartoonish porn, which I understand is a fetish for some people, not myself specifically. Um, so I wanted to know if it is an ass, I'm also assuming that maybe it has something to do with uh, Mother May Super Dangerous, so maybe I should just Google what that VHS cover looks like. But wondering if there's a backstory that I'm not aware of. So that would be a really nice fact to have. Thanks. Bye. Okay, allow me to spill the tea. Um, so that logo, we are not using it right now. Uh, we moved to a more red and blue one because I want to sort of rebrand I for some reason I'm so red and blue are always my colors and so I we have it for please advise we mm -hmm. have it now for mother may I sleep with podcast yeah oh Ted is now red and blue like yeah with his he's holding the red mic obviously I have the blue one you guys all know <laughs> um but yeah hell will break loose if she doesn't get the red the blue one so so the um and Christina like tried to like fucking change it on me like she tried to put like the and I was like, you're so dumb. Like you think I wouldn't know my son? Like come on now. Um, I was changing the foam because it had so much wags hair on it. I was like, we need a refresh no, 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 on no, this no, one. no. Not when you change this. It was you put my blue sock on on the red mics. Oh yeah, base. Yeah. And I was, I was like, something. you think I, I don't know something. my child? <laughs> like what the fuck? Like you think I wouldn't know my kid in the lineup? So. <laughs> Uh, no, so here's the deal with that logo. So that was made by Molly um, Molly Mae McMahon, who's like a great artist, and she was she fabulously reached out to me and said she wanted to do our logo. And I said to her, "Girl, she's like she does all sorts. It is a Rorschach test, by the way. So basically, she does like all sorts of fabulous art that has to do. I mean, like a lot of it is, I guess, related to the female figure. And I said, just like go wild. Like, what is your interpretation of this?" And she sent me basically that image. And then we were going through color combinations. And originally it was just going to be plain black and white. But then she was like, I feel like the peach is really pretty and emphasizes like all of the possibilities in it and it look really good on a Heather Gray t-shirt if you decided to do that. So that was our logo for the first two seasons. I love it because it was <laughs> – people were always like – what the fuck is this? And I'm like, what? What I is? I remember when you sent it to me. I was like, Molly, what is this? And what does it have to be, though? Do you know what I mean? Like, I I also like it because it's very much like to me, like what the podcast is. 
which is just fucking weird. Like it's whatever you want it to be. It's different every week. It's like, yeah. So um, that's what that was. It is. It's like, it looks like boobs. It looks like an ass. It looks like a mother and child. It looks like just don't like that. Like um, almost like a Lego version of it. It's very interesting. There's everything yeah. in there. And also the best part is, is flip it over on every side. It's very yeah. interesting. Um, but I love that you asked that. Let's get to and by the way, Ted's like my favorite guest. I think I just openly say that now on Mother May I Sleep a podcast. Okay. Oh wow. I do, I just say it. Um well, come on. Um come on. We're just like best friends. Like Ted, I've practically found on the street. Um so let's let's uh do our dinner. Ready? I'm writing my down. Ready for dinner? Oh dinner, okay. Yeah. Uh dinner. I still need to finish. I found Ted on the street. Okay, let's go. I did, and I found him on Twitter. Yeah, I was hiding. I was hiding my hydro flask in the bush <laughs> out front. <laughs> this has been going. Ted has been planning this for years. Back. Little did Bring I know. Back. Um, I would let's see dinner. I would start with a wedge salad. Um, oh, so good. And a uh, shrimp cocktail. My my thing is like fuck vegetables. I'm not like I don't have to give a shit about vegetables this day. But yeah, go, right. Go, wedge so, well, no, I mean if you so if you have good. a wedge salad, you'll you know iceberg lettuce and that's about it with yeah. some blue cheese dressing and bacon. Mm. Um, I and then I would have and sure this none of it makes sense. That's okay. It's my stomach. A barbecued uh, a pulled pork sandwich. Um, and then uh, cheese enchiladas, uh, half green chili, half red chili, uh, refried beans on the side, a basket of sopapillas with uh, honey mm. on the side, um, and probably an ice cold beer. And for dessert, a peanut buster parfait from Dairy Queen. Oh, that is so good. That's pretty good. Oh, my God. Oh, that's, that's good. so good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now my heart is ablaze. I want a fa- I want a cheese and charcuterie off the top. That better be there when I arrive. <laughs> I want the cheese and wherever I'm going for this. <laughs> then I want literally unlimited shrimp. I want like yeah. a whole cold like seafood platter where it's oysters from Duxbury, Mass, where I spent my summers. I want fucking endless shrimp and I want more lobster claws. Then I want to do brisket. So many collard greens, like very, like the real legit collard greens. And then none of this like L.A. barbecue shit. I want to go to Black's Barbecue in Austin, my personal favorite barbecue. And I also want beans and I want mac and cheese and I want um, uh, potato salad. Then I want um, – Oh my God, why am I blanking? Oh, I want this um, chicken basil pasta from um, this restaurant in Needham, Massachusetts that I can't remember right now. I also want the chicken parm from Mario's in Lexington, Mass. And I want the veal parm from Haddad's in Brant Rock, Massachusetts. Then I'm going to have to hit him with um, addition. I want a pitcher of beer as well as a really nice red and a really nice Sauvignon Blanc because I'm going out big. I'm never going to see the light of day again, so who knows? Um, I also want a really nice ice-cold Coca-Cola with that and a huge pitcher of unsweetened iced tea. Um, And then I want to wrap it up with um, a huge pint of mocha almond ice cream from Brigham's in Massachusetts and um, tons of jimmies on it and also a banana split from Friendly's. (laughs) 
and that's about it for my dinner. Love it. Yeah, and then maybe a little bit more charcuterie before bed. (laughs) And a shot of OJ. Yeah, a little shot of, and then a shot of fresh squeezed OJ. And then I'll see you in heaven. Um, What are you going to have? I feel like mine is so basic compared to both of yours because it like it's just we one just had like fat people no pass judgment. out like okay. this is just it's anything. like this is your joy moment. Okay. It's- so the first <laughs> the first thing is like I'm gonna have a drink. It's gonna be a Tito's martini with a lemon twist shaken because we get the nice like ice chips mm-hmm. in there. Mm. I like that. An ice cold martini is so good. Mm-hmm. So then um, <laughs> I want a shrimp cocktail. Yeah, we are all shrimp people we here. We can shit. Yeah. We're, yeah. Yep. Um, and then I want. I also want dinner rolls made out of. There's this really good bread that they make in Puerto Rico called pan de agua. It's just really delicious. I love it. I love uh, bread. It's my favorite kind of bread. So I want dinner bread. rolls. I, I love bread. So I want dinner rolls ma- from made out of pan de agua there. And then I want like a T-bone steak, like medium rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting this lost. This is just like a room of food, people. Like, <laughs> I like don't mm. even get to say, mm, mm-hmm, yes, some pans. <laughs> we're, like, we're going to have this later. Like, yeah. that's how you and I are. This is a steakhouse meal, essentially. Right. So, uh, pan-seared Brussels sprouts on the side. And then uh, to finish it off, I want a pizuki. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, a pizza cookie. It's a pizza cookie. It's oh, a cookie oh. you make in a, like a cast iron. Oh, skillet. yes. So oh. like a pizuki with butter pecan ice cream on top. Good Lord. I wow. love that. Butter pecan. That's yeah. good. Um, was haagen trending for you guys yesterday? <laughs> I had a sponsored trend of Hagen oh, th- Yes, some new flavors. Some They're kind all of like, like all of their booze collection, and like oh, I wow. was dying because I don't think I've seen like a real. I never like really clicked on a sponsored trend, but I was like Hagen Now you've got my eye. I just want to see what's up. So it's all like a like bourbon, butter, pecan, and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I realized how many people truly interact with like sponsored tweets. It's wild, and people just being like. Hagen Dazs is amazing! Exclamation yeah. point. Hashtag new Hagen Dazs flavors. And it, it, I just was like, "Lady, you don't have to do this." Like, I agree. Hagen Dazs is great. My grandpa loved Hagen Dazs. It was like one of the things I'll just remember uh, every time I have it. I think of my grandpa. My mom calls it Hagen Dazs, and I'm like, "Mom, there's no H at the end of it, please." That's okay. Stop. That's a that's like a mom thing, you know. My mom will like. It's randomly... a made up word, so she can pronounce it any way she wants. Right, so. I know, exactly. but it's also like when they do it like in a row repetitively. She's like, I just went down to the corner store and got some Hagen Dash. I love my Hagen Dash. You know, I love my chocolate Hagen Dash. And I'm like, oh, it's not. There's no. My mom will for like decide randomly words she's always pronounced correctly. She'll just automatically just like. I remember one time she was like Patrick Swazi. And I was like, who? And she was like, Patrick Swozy. And I was like, what? And like, I was like, I was like 14. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, what? you've always known it's Patrick Swayze. You were the one who showed me dirty dancing. What the hell's going on? And I don't know what was happening in there, but sometimes she'll click over and just a new pronunciation will pop up. I don't think she always does it, but. Oh, I'd love Hagen-Dosh. to hear that list. Patrick Swayze. Um, one fifty-five. <laughs> okay, so we got to wrap it up. Uh, too many good meals. Um, thank you again, Ted, for being here. And also, he brought Wags the cutest pig. This is a really cute pig. It looks a little bit like Miss Piggy in the eyes. Um, we really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks for all the great tips. Thanks for the finished tips. I'll send you home with a couple individually packed ones for, for Julie. <laughs> um, and... 
Christina, love you. Love you too, Mom. Thanks to all of our callers. You guys really... Um, Oh, I am on painkillers. That might be why today was weird. I just took I just took a Vicodin for my tooth. Sorry. Right. Um, so I was wondering, like, was it me? Is it the calls? It's me. I have a question. Do you oh. want people to tweet us their uh, ideal meals? Yeah. Okay. But I'm just going to be hungry. But yeah. I'm just going to sit at home going, mm. 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 Yeah, no, I love it. So good. Oh, cornichons forever, though. I need cornichons at every meal. Maybe not breakfast. Okay, bye, guys. Talk to you next week.